This is the Root Student Ministry Podcast, where our mission is for middle school and high school students to establish strong roots in their relationship with Jesus by connecting in the body of believers, growing in their knowledge and faith, and going to serve the community and the world. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at CSM Roots. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Hey, welcome everyone to week two of our Bittersweet series. Uh, bittersweet's kind of like sour, but sweet, kind of like candy. It's like just like all these, Sour Patch Kids. Some, I don't even know what all these are, but like lemon drops. Yeah. So last week when we met or when you watched, we talked about this idea of bittersweet. It's the idea that when someone hurts us or wrongs us, sometimes it feels really sweet to hold on to the bitterness against them. And we said that as good as that might feel at the time, there is a better way. And that actually, that's actually the sweetest thing is to let go of the bitterness, to, to learn to take the things that are done to us and make something better come out of them. But of course, that's easier said than done. And we can talk all day long about how good the idea of forgiveness sounds, but when it comes to actually doing it, that's a whole other story. I mean, seriously. Think of the last time someone did something that hurt you or when something happened to you that you thought was unfair. Maybe it was something simple like your little brother finished the last of the salt and vinegar potato chips that you just love. And even though he knows that you love them, you are just still angry. Or maybe it was when your friend thought that they were texting someone else, but they were actually texting you and the text said some stuff about you that wasn't great. Or, or maybe it was when your stepmom grounded you for breaking curfew, but let your stepsister off with a pass. Chances are you didn't have to think very long or very hard to come up with a time when someone hurt you or that you were treated unfairly. In fact, chances are you've even experienced this kind of hurt or letdown with, with ourselves. Like we expect ourselves to act a certain way or break a certain habit or get better at something. And over and over again, we let ourselves down. We fail to meet our own expectations. So when this happens, we get stuck with this tape in our head playing and replaying that makes us feel stupid or reminds us of our wrongs. So we keep beating ourselves up for for getting it wrong again and again. And we've all been there. For some of us, our experience of being let down or letting ourselves down is it's super fresh. Like you came here today or you came here watching having just lived this or, or you're living it right now. And when we are let down or hurt by someone else or ourselves, we have this tendency to react in a number of different ways. The first way we, we can get frustrated, we can get angry, we can get distant, we can get even. But no matter how we react, the truth is the same. Because of the unfairness or the hurt, a relationship with somebody is broken and damaged and not right in some way. Everything we do is in reaction to that. And so we find small ways to be dismissive or rude to them, like saying, hey, you do you, or, or telling people that, oh, that person's canceled or setting out to get revenge however we can. And in a lot of ways, our reaction feels justified because we feel like, oh, they were wrong to do what they did. And we are right to be as upset as we are. It only makes sense, right? But that just leaves us with a question. 
where do we go from here? If they were wrong and we were right, does that mean that we are justified in how we treat them, no matter how bad that might be? Does that mean that we are off the hook and won't be held responsible for how we handle our relationship with them? Does that mean that we get a pass for some of our most hateful behavior because of what they did? I mean, not being mad or not being frustrated or not creating distance almost seems like you are saying what was done to you was okay, right? And the last thing that you want to do is send a message that you are okay with how you were treated or that the, that, that person can keep mistreating you because it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, you don't want that. So in situations like this, the idea of forgiveness seems weak and irresponsible and completely unfair. And to further justify our response to being treated poorly, we think things like, aren't I supposed to be more like Jesus? And wasn't Jesus like the one flipping the tables in the temple when people got it wrong at one time? I want to be flipping tables like Jesus did when I'm angry. And that's why today we are going to, to look at a passage from the book of Romans, which was a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And Rome was the very heart of the largest empire that, was, that has ever existed in history. And the New York City, it's like the New York City of its day. And, and this letter was written to people there who had just started following Jesus. And, and put yourself in their shoes for a minute. These are new believers. They, they found themselves surrounded by people who were as far from being followers of Jesus as possible. In fact, Christianity was a new religion and it was spreading fast. And, and the leaders of Rome didn't quite see the growth as a good thing, which made the new Jesus followers a major target. And if you're living as a targeted group in one of the most violent cities in the world at the time, chances are you are feeling like things might be unfair or unjust. And you might feel like the Roman leaders were the enemy and you were just an innocent citizen. And you were in the right and you should have the freedom to get even or get mad or hold a grudge for how you are being mistreated. Because if anyone is the problem here, it's the powerful Romans. And they had the power and they were doing the things that they, that, that were unfair to all these other believers. They had the power. But Paul, he doesn't give the Christians there a pass to be angry or bitter. In fact, he changes the focus entirely on them. He says, this isn't about the people who are persecuting you. This is about you. And here's what he writes in Romans 5, 8. He says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, he says to them, maybe there is another way to look at the situation. We are no longer focused on making a case for what's fair or unfair, what's just or unjust, when it comes to how the Christians were being treated. We are talking about God's love for you. See, when you understand who God really is, it changes everything, even how you see forgiveness. And the truth is, when we have gotten it all wrong, when we have done plenty to deserve punishment, when we didn't deserve it, God extended love. God didn't hold back. God saw you and me at our very worst and he didn't even flinch. He moved in our direction by sending Jesus with no conditions. See, whether you are a teenager in the 21st century or living back in the day in the first century, Rome, the temptation is when we are wronged to get so caught up in what was done to us, 
and what the other person deserves that we forget how often we get things wrong ourselves. We always focus on other people and we forget to focus on how much we need a savior, how much we need forgiveness. And the temptation is to look at the person who wronged us and dismiss them to, to move the focus from ourselves and our wrongs to the person and theirs. But Paul is saying God looked at what we did and he didn't dismiss us. God loved us and then God dismissed our sin. God didn't cancel us. God canceled our wrongs. God doesn't give up on us. So when we start to realize how God forgives our wrongs against him and chooses to love us no matter what, then we have to ask ourselves, what does this mean for how we see others who have hurt us or treated us unfairly? And Paul answers this question for us in his letter to the Church of Colossae. And this is in Colossians 3.13. And he says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Bear with each other. Okay, so what does that mean? That is a picture of, of carrying a weight of each other's imperfections together. It's this picture of a patient, a patient commitment to seeing each other as human instead of villain, even when that's super challenging to do. Because of what God has done for us, which is extending love and forgiveness at all costs, we are called to do the same for others, to forgive as we were forgiven, with no strings attached and no conditions, with nothing held back. And the truth is, this can be hard for us to accept when it comes to how we see and treat others. But it can be just as difficult when it comes to how we see and treat ourselves. For some of us, we are much harder on ourselves than we are on others, right? And for us, Paul says the same exact thing. Jesus isn't stingy with his love or his forgiveness. He offers you and I both love and forgiveness at the very same time. And if God has forgiven us, if God has made us right and sees us as we were meant to be, then we should see ourselves the exact same way. But here's what that doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that we treat what was done to us or what we did as like, oh, it's no big deal. Paul isn't downplaying the root problem or excusing the wrong that we did or the wrong against us. He's saying whatever has done has whatever was done to you, what however unfair it was, that was real and that was a big deal. But just as God looks at you and the mistakes that you have made and sees as and sees you as much more than stuff that you have done wrong, we need to see the people who have treated us unfairly as more than the thing that they did wrong to us. God set the standard here, and God's forgiveness tells us exactly how we should see ourselves and see others. And you could say it this way, when it comes to forgiveness, we want to cancel the debt, not the person, not the person. Meaning that we can call out the wrong thing as wrong, but we will refuse to sum up a person as only that wrong thing. When we see them, we will continue to see them as an imperfect human, and we will decide to see them as God sees them, and us as God sees us, as people worthy of love and not just the sum of our wrongdoings. So we do this because the offense was real, but it doesn't tell the whole story about the person who wronged us. 
Just like the things that we have done wrong don't tell the whole story about who we are, God has always looked at us and seen us as more than the stuff that we have done wrong or more than the sin that we have committed. God looks at us and sees us as someone to love. So God's, God forgives. And now we are called to do the same thing for others. So how do we cancel the debt and not the person? How do we stop being so hard on others and ourselves when they get it wrong or we get it wrong? How do we bear with each other like Paul talks about? How do we stay focused on God's unstoppable, unstoppable and unstopping love? And here's three places to start, okay? The first one, identify where you need more compassion in your life. Maybe you're way harder on yourself than others and forgiving yourself is much harder for you to do. Or maybe you need more compassion for others. Determine which you tend to lean towards and pay attention to that. Figure out the areas where you might need to show more compassion and then work on practicing it. Number two, identify who you are beating up. Get specific. Is it you? Is it your mom? Is it your third period teacher? Or is it your old football coach? Who are you mentally canceling or, or only seeing as the wrong that they did? What do you need to do to start seeing them or seeing yourself as God does? as someone worthy of all love and forgiveness. And then number three, remember, no one is perfect. Whether you are holding yourself or someone else to that standard, it is impossible to meet and will only lead to disappointment and frustration. People will let you down. You will let yourself down. We can't control that. What we can control is how we handle ourselves when we're let down and hurt and disappointed. Can we forgive others? Can we forgive ourselves? Can we make the effort to seek forgiveness out from those we may have hurt ourselves? In other words, no one is going to get it right 100% of the time, but we can get really good at making it right when things go wrong. And we do that when we cancel the debt and not the person. We do that when we remember people are more than their mistakes and that there is more to the story than just their wrongdoings. We do that when we remember God hasn't held our wrongs against us and we shouldn't either. Remember, speak up if there is hurt. Forgiveness never means letting some, someone abuse or hurt themselves, you or others. This is your reminder that the next step in forgiveness could look like finding a trusted adult to talk to and seeking the help that you or someone else or someone you know needs. For everybody, forgiveness is a challenge. It doesn't come naturally and it will probably never be easy. In fact, it will probably always be easier to cancel a person than it is to cancel their wrong. But this idea of forgiveness is something that we do because of what God has done for us. As unnatural and difficult as it might feel, we don't give up on it because it was modeled first for us by God. Remember, forgiveness is the best thing that you can do with the worst stuff that happens to you. So let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you so much for your goodness and your forgiveness that you have given to us. And God, help it Help us remember that you see us as children of God, forgiven by you. And so may we see others that way as well. And may we not, may we not just 
cancel people because of the wrong they've done to us, but maybe may we cancel their debt. May we forgive them and learn what it's like to live in that forgiveness. We thank you, Jesus. We love you when you pray this in your name. Amen.